Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Comet's Tale podcast. This is our fourth episode of the 2023-2024 school year. I am Michael Klein, superintendent of the North Pole Community School District. And I'm Hunter Kleschner, communications director. On this episode, we are joined by two seasoned middle school educators, Justin Young and Emily Young, who bring a wealth of experience to our discussion and also happen to be married. Today, we'll be delving into the experiences and perspectives of these experienced educators, exploring the challenges and joys uh, throughout their years of working and what it's like working in one building together. So welcome. Well, thank thank you you very much. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. So seasoned uh, educators, but multiple years at North Polk and first year at North Polk. So... Justin, what's it like uh, first year being here at North Polk? It's definitely been a a shift of things. Uh, I've been at Johnston for over a decade before coming here. So um, I believe like Summit, the building I was at, may be as big as the North Polk district. It was like a 2A district for a long time. North Polk's growing a lot, so it may have passed it uh, recently. But that's kind of a big shift of I was used to being one of 10 literacy teachers, one of 10 uh, social studies teachers, one of 20, um, both sixth and seventh grade. So a little bit different being the only teacher of my subject in the entire school. Yeah. And you're the only computer science teacher in our entire district right now. Yeah. It's a brand new creative position. Um, so Mr. Richards, the principal, uh, when creating that position, wanted to talk in the interview about the idea of making it a good good collaboration uh, between the core teachers and how can we have kids use technology better in their classes. So he was kind of looking for someone that, frankly, I don't have as much technology experience as probably some of the other technology teachers in the district. But his kind of vision for the middle school was the idea of being a literacy and social studies teacher in my previous job. How can I bring those background experiences of types of projects I've done, how I know technology gets used in a core classroom during the day, and then how can I be a good partner for those teachers at the middle school? So so like right now, for example, in seventh grade, um, the seventh grade social studies classes are going to be using an app called Pixton to make graphic novels about globalization and how that changes countries. So what we're doing in computer science is we're making a goofy graphic novel where kids can make... Um, Batman and Elsa, and one of the most popular storylines is Taylor Swift and <laughs> Travis Kelsey's wedding. Of course. Um, so of course. I'm, we're making graphic novels about anything they want, but learning to use the features and how to use the app. So then when it comes time for social studies, Mr. Willie doesn't have to do that side of things. He can focus on social studies content, and the kids already know how to use the app. So I think about of- half the staff are Swifty fans over there. So Oh, yeah. Mr. Hupke and I well. are big time. Um, <laughs> I have a whole big... Mm-hmm. How, your Chromebook expectations as told by Taylor Swift poster and series of things across the year. She's so. very inspirational for us yes. at the middle school. Yep. Well, she was at the Chiefs game last night and they still lost. So Was Simone Biles there as well? She was there as well. At yeah. the time of the recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at the time of this recording. Sorry, I get, I get into too many current events. Uh, Emily, you want to tell us a little bit about your experience here at North Polk and how it's changed over the years? Oh, sure. Um, This is my fourth school district that I've been at. And even though there was some debate between Mr. Willie and Mrs. Taylor and I, we all came in together. We believe it's our 10th year at North Polk uh, Middle School. You know, it's just it's a really great place to be in. Um, It has a really great support there with the admin, the other teachers, the families. 
I mean, it's a school that I think is destination for a lot of people. Like people go there and it's like their job is what they want to do. And I think I've probably talked about that a lot at home, which might be a reason why Justin is here today with us. The at subtle Polk. nudging of like, how great North Polk is. <laughs> Yay, comments. I mean, comments are so much better than dragons and things exactly. like that. Not to throw any shade at the previous employer. Well, but a comet can destroy a dragon. We know that. Yes, like, that's so. the conversation we had with our, our son when he would debate like which one was better, a dragon or a comet. We're like, well, comets wiped out, you know, meteorites wiped out dinosaurs. So exactly. they probably win the fight. It, it wins. Um, and so it's been, I mean, this year in particular, I know you probably, we'll probably get to some of those questions, but it's been really neat um, being with Justin. I had a lot of people be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could handle that, having my sure. spouse here with me. Um, but I just, I always had the pleasure of getting to see Justin actually teach at Johnston. What was that, like five or six years ago? When yeah, you guys were, um, North Polk was kind of yeah. studying our RTI system and mm -hmm. uh, our intervention system we had developed across our district. So they came and observed different like intervention periods. Did. So I had a bunch of people popping yeah. into my class that I knew them all from Christmas parties and things mm -hmm. like that with the staff. So I was always like, oh, hello, wife. <laughs> hello, guidance counselor. And hello, yeah. everybody so that I already knew, but they were asking questions and kind of mm -hmm. wanting to know the inside scoop of how things worked there so they could figure out the best things to pluck and, and bring back. Uh, yeah. But it was just neat getting, you know, you get a chance to see your spouse in action at work. And you have this idea of your spouse of like, I think they're really good. I hope they're really good. And then you actually see them in action and like how amazing he is. Like ever since seeing him there, I'm like, gosh, I really want him to be part of our staff and everything. And it's just been really great um, being able to work together. And that's just made my time in North Polk even better because I love it there and now. The love of my life is there too, so it's all good. <laughs> so has the school lived up to the to the bill? I mean, she sold you on it. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's living up to the bill. Everyone is is super welcoming. Everyone is super kind and and wanting to work with me, being a new teacher and uh, making me feel extremely welcome. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's a very different setting, just coming from a building that is pretty huge uh, and one of the bigger middle schools in the state. Uh, versus coming here where I can, I know all the staff, I know everybody, I, I now see like pretty much every sixth and seventh grader uh, and are learning their names, getting to know them, getting them to this last week, as of time of recording, my, my 49ers uh, were playing the Eagles. So all the Eagles fans were uh, decking themselves out and bringing, wearing chains, wearing signs, leaving me notes. And so um, fun stuff like that. We're getting to know lots of kids is, is definitely a plus of the job. I'm assuming they're pretty quiet today, though. They did not say a whole lot. One of them walked by me in the hall um, when class before class had even started and just said, I don't want to talk. About it. <laughs> <laughs> and just kept walking. So tomorrow when I see the one who uh, really was wearing a chain, a giant eagle chain around his neck, um, when I see him tomorrow, I'm just going to ask him if he needs a hug. I'm just going to try to take the high road. <laughs> I know that wasn't even fun. It was just kind of, it was just such a big blowout that I'm sure you're hurting today and I feel for you. So. I was going to say, you're also part of the staff because aren't you doing pretty well in the football draft? I, before I even worked at uh, the middle school, 
Emily and the staff, they had been looking for someone to fill out the rounds of the fantasy football league. So I had joined last year while working mm -hmm. at Johnston and won the middle school fantasy football. And I'm currently in first place again this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. At the Fingers time crossed. of this recording. Time of recording. <laughs> Number one. Whether I win, we will see. But uh, yeah, it was, it was nice already knowing people from staff events, from holiday parties, things like that. I, I think I kind of walked in with a built-in advantage a little bit of already knowing people's names, already being able to to collaborate with them pretty well, just having that built-in rapport already. A lot of prowess at fantasy football over there at the middle school. Mm -hmm. uh, in our administrative league, uh, Mr. John Richards is in fir first place at time of recording. <laughs> As uh, he should be, represent. In, in our league. I'm in second right now behind him. So uh, come playoff time, we'll have a showdown, I'm sure. Yeah, so in your time here at North Polk, and Johnson, just simply in education, what are the most significant changes or trends you've observed in the world of education? I know a lot has changed over the years. You can speak on that a little bit. Well, I mean, I think everyone has to say COVID and the pandemic has been the biggest thing. I mean, the last 15 years for us teaching, that was such a major shift. Um, and then the technology boom that kind of came out of that as well. Um, I mean, I remember going from my first year, which doesn't seem that long ago, but over Impella and having to deal with like, you know, laptop carts that didn't work. And so we just did everything in our notebooks and like we hardly were on a lot of technology, um, even though we had computer labs, you know, we had to go reserve it for like a week and all this kind of stuff. Um, but technology has really changed quite a bit. I think at the core of things, though, kids are still kids and that kind of gets lost sometimes in some of the swings of things. Um, that it's still very much about, you know, where kids are at developmentally, as especially as middle schoolers. It's always such, I, I love the time, obviously, of um, middle school kind of time of life. But no matter what changes with technology and grading systems and all this kind of stuff, like kids ultimately are still kids. You still have the ones who are kind of goofballs, the ones who are like, you know, going to work hard and do all this kind of stuff. The ones who like make you smile, the ones who make you want to pull your hair out some days. And then the next day, like you're giving them high fives. Um, so I think the biggest thing to me would just be really like the COVID and then everything after that has been such a big change to things. I was going to say technology, but since you already kind of touched on that, because where I was coming from as well, we were one to one, but with iPads instead of Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. um, and they had been that way for years. So every kid having a device is something that it was different from when I first started. Um, probably for like a different side of things, I would say the shift in the last five to seven years towards like standards based grading practices has been a big shift from when I first started and from when I was even going to school. I'd like to think I'm not that old. I'm I'm going to be 38 <laughs> here soon as of time of recording. Um, so I, um, you know, I'm to the point where like some of my teachers I had are still teaching. Um, but I definitely remember when I was in school of, you know, you took a test and if you did really badly, like I did on some of my French and math tests, you did badly and mm -hmm. that's it. Um, and now it's to the point where it's that idea of redoing. It's that idea of how can we approach this in a different way? How can we try to figure out what you didn't understand? Uh, and so from the teacher side of things, I think it's changed our perspective of working with students to being less of show me what you know, of like, how can I kind of help you get there? I think has kind of been a mentality mm -hmm. shift. Um, I think about what I even just did today. We're making these graphic novels that I mentioned earlier. 
traditionally, I think in a previous grading system, it would have been they just turned him in at the end and they either had what they needed and they were done or they didn't and they got the grade they did. Um, trying to approach things formatively today during their work time, I just went around and I asked every student to give me a quick 15, 30 second look at their book. And I was looking for two specific things that are gonna be in their final product. And then I marked down students who didn't have those things, gave them kind of that reminder. And then I'm gonna email their like flex time teachers, their intervention time teachers say, hey, can you please have them work on this this week? And so trying to be a little bit more proactive of before that summative, before that test comes, how can I check on whether you're getting this? How can I step in and intervene before the final product? I think has been a shift in my mindset from when I first started and was fresh out of college of I'm just gonna talk and teach you things and you're gonna make a product or take a test at the end and I'll see how you did. And versus now it's a constant like stair step of let's check where you are here, let's check where you are here. Let's make sure that we're building the plane as we go so that it's ready to land by the time we get there. I thought of another one. I should have said also my job position as well, because that was not in existence 15 years ago. <laughs> so that should be on the table too. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, kind of what you're alluding to there, it used to be more competition. Now it's more mm -hmm. collaboration. And this is the test. I've taught the material. Let's just see what you've learned. Now it's more about the focus is on learning. Mm -hmm. How do we work together as staff members, as staff and students, to make sure that we're all hitting those high levels of learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, our mission statement is learning for all by learning from all. It's not a, I'm learning more than you so that I'm number one and you're number two. It's that collaboration piece that mm -hmm. I think is big throughout our district. And I think I think we see that at all levels. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think of even just daily instruction, how many more times you have kids turn and talk to each other um how to not even just like okay you're gonna do a partner group work thing but i'm going to teach you how to do partner group work and employability skills and those things i mean we did them here and there but they just weren't as big of a deal you know 15 years ago it didn't seem like i think also as well and i think of just that day-to-day -day running of things the idea of having a clear goal in mind for each day like what is it that you're learning why are we doing this I think is a big difference. One of the things that we had been preparing to do at Johnston that I just kind of brought with me here is we had been studying like how to be extremely ultra clear with expectations. We had actually mm -hmm. gone to Waukee and looked at their school district and brought that back and we're implementing it this, this coming year. So like I try to end like our talk of each day of setting a clear guideline for the students of trying to use like phrasing similar to, I'll know I'm successful today if I've accomplished this by the end of the period and trying mm -hmm. to make it very clear. Why are we doing this? Here's why. Um, setting an expectation of when you guys are having your work time, um, I'm okay if you wanna chat with other people or show them that your comic that you're making right now and get some feedback, but then I would expect you go back. Your volume level is gonna be about this level and trying to be very, very clear and talk through those each day before you send students off to work, um, I think has also been a big mm -hmm. shift that I would not have been doing when I first started teaching. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked about learning for all by learning from all. That includes our students, but also our staff. So can you kind of touch on your role within over there at the middle school as an instructional coach? Because I don't know if a lot of people fully understand, you know, kind of what that looks like. They just hear teacher, educator, right? I don't know if I fully understand. <laughs> it's interesting. It's, you know, it's a really um, important and interesting role. As I said, it wasn't in existence 15 years ago. 
Um, I remember teaching a lot more. I had like a mentor, you know, that was next, like kind of walking beside me um, and some things and like would touch base once a month or so. We had kind of a list of things to go to. But it was a lot more of, okay, you teach your classes, you close the door and good luck. You're on your own. Even principals and stuff walking through, it wasn't really that much. And when I came to North Polk, actually, the reason why a job even came open for me was because um, the previous instructional coach, she was leaving her classroom to take on that role for the very first time. So then I stepped into her position. And what I noticed immediately was that it was it was a school and an atmosphere where people talked about their teaching. They got really excited to talk about teaching. People at lunch would be like, oh, I just tried this in the classroom, blah, blah, blah. And I'd been in really good districts before, but that hadn't happened. And um, that shift of, okay, now we have this role where they are there for you in your instruction, but then also just to support you as a teacher and to fill in a lot of the gaps. I know I'm a big gap filler over in our school, but what I just really love about the position is, you know, I, I'm front facing on things like PD and in front of the staff with that, and then working on people with their goals. But I just really love to get to get into everybody's classrooms and to see the high level of teaching we have going on throughout the whole entire school. As an isolated teacher before, you know, yeah, you hear about things people are doing, but you don't get the same sense as when, in my position, I get a bop into everybody's rooms. I've dropped in on Justin's room like several times and kind of seen what he's doing. And it is amazing and mind-blowing to see the quality of education that our kids are really getting. And the passion that our teachers bring to it. And I am in the, just like the support role of like, what do you need to help you be more successful? And I love it because it ranges from so many different things from one teacher one year, we're going to focus on reading strategies in a different content area than just reading to a teacher who ever since she's been here, she's wanted to do an outdoor classroom. I said, okay, how can I support you with an outdoor classroom? And we've got the ball rolling on that. And just seeing everybody um, just at really the top of their fields. And then also to the fact that there's no hubris, I feel like, also at the middle school, that people are willing to just come in and say, like, you know, oh, I tried this. This didn't work. Like, what do you think about this? And it's a true collaboration. And um, even between content areas, that's one of the things that people love the most is getting a chance to talk to everybody of, well, how do you do that in math versus how am I doing that in choir? and really getting a chance to share their expertise with everybody, but on just such a plain field that everyone just feels like welcome at the table and that I get to support that as an instructional coach and help support new initiatives like the standards-based um, learning and reporting that we've been doing the last several years that we've been going through. I've kind of stepped into that already in progress, basically. It's just, it's really neat just to see all the professionals in our building and getting to help support them the best that I can for that. Awesome. All right, shifting gears uh, to your role uh, as a married couple teaching, <laughs> how do you support each other professionally and personally in the demanding field of education? Well, Justin lets me have control over the radio after school, and I let him have control of the radio in the mornings. So. Well, that was one of my <laughs> questions. Support. So you do ride together? Most, Most the days, we yeah. Do. We uh, There's days where, due to Emily's role, like she has meetings before and after mm -hmm. school with teachers or with, uh, with administration. So there are days we, we go separate. We try to do as much as mm -hmm. we can to 
save gas. We're going to the same place and enjoy riding together. So yeah, Emily, the one thing we've learned is that I definitely, I always listen to podcasts and I try to get in as many as I can. Mm -hmm. And I am someone who am psychotic and I listen to them at like 1.5 speed so that I can get more done in the time that I have. But then Emily, uh, she shakes her head at me. Um, but you more listen to music. And so then that's kind of a, mm -hmm. a thing we've had to do some trade-offs on of, of I mm -hmm. it don't always get my way of wanting to listen to news or sports stuff. And I'm not going to subject you to the multitude of sports podcasts <laughs> I listen to and things like that. Um, but trying to find that that good balance of things. Yeah. And you let me belt out some like Disney music on the way home sometimes. There it's my go. decompression mode. Well, it's also, it's probably helped you a lot of times when I would drive home by myself. I also, I'm a big talk to myself kind of a person on the way home. And I was like, I'm not going to subject Justin to that either. <laughs> so we'll just put on some music or the podcast. I was very surprised when you told me that you did that. Cause I was like, that yeah. sounds psychotic. Of <laughs> Picturing you driving down the road, just talking to yourself in the car. I never knew that. And I was like, people probably just think I like a speaker phone or hands-free phone. That's what I hope phone phone. as yeah, I'm yeah. driving by. That's what you just like tell that. people. That's, that is what I tell people. Protect yes. the reputation. Is there a certain Disney song that's like your go-to? Part of your world. Little Mermaid. Done. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That was fast. Is there a certain podcast that's your go-to? I listen to a lot. Like I said, I'm, I'm that weirdo of increasing mm -hmm. the speed. Um, a lot of news things. I get my news a lot through that, and then a lot mm -hmm. of sports. I, I'm a big fan of listening to a lot of like the Bill Simmons like Ringer podcasts. A lot of sports related and like movie related and pop. You do a lot of pop culture ones. Pop culture yeah. ones as well, mm -hmm. like movie reviews and things mm -hmm. like that. So we need your information to be number one in the fantasy football league. So. I and I listen to like two different fantasy football podcasts. So I don't listen to those podcasts. No, no. her big strategy. When, because you did fantasy football last year, I did, and I was in the lead for most. And of her the big strategy, her her favorite go to player is a kicker, uh, Robbie. Robbie Gould. Gould. Yeah, but uh, now he's Gould. retired. He's still number one in my heart. Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So yeah, your your stance was always, I don't care about the rest of my team as long as I True. get the kicker I want, I'm good. Exactly. No, the worst thing though. So we have the football fantasy draft going on. Also at the middle school, more importantly at the middle school, we have the Great British Bake Off draft that oh. we've been running the last several years. And last year, I got out round one of the Great British Bake Off draft. Same thing happened this year. But last year was funny because I told people, I was like, of course, I'm number one in the football fantasy league, which I do not care about. <laughs> and I lose immediately in the Bake Off draft, which I desperately cared about. So... It was painful. And you got knocked out really early again this year. I did first round. Yeah. Amos, my guy, he went down. Christy, but Robbie Gould. She lasted one. she lasted pretty long. Mm -hmm. I, I almost made it. I was I was in like the final five. You were pretty close to the end of Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, last one here. Are there any collaborative projects or initiatives that you've worked on together as a couple within the school setting? I know it's only been a short time at the start of the school year, but if there's anything specific you can think of. I don't know if anything of us together, more so when I work with some different teachers and they'll come up with a tech idea and I say, hey, we should go talk to Justin about that. He probably knows about that and send them his way. Um, so he collaborates with other teachers a little bit more that way. I mean, I, I think you did help a little bit <clears throat> after interviewing last year before actually coming on and, and being here physically. Um, 
trying to figure out with Mr. Richard's kind of vision for that class of being mm -hmm. a collaborative one of figuring out what teachers want help on, what, what they notice students need help on, and then trying to integrate that. I know you had made um, like a Google form and you had people during PD, the teachers who didn't even know me or under, know the class. That, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. like you guys had kind of worked together at um, creating kind of like a wish list or like a thing where teachers would say what they wanted help on, what ideas they'd like to see integrated to the class. And that helped me this summer kind of get ideas rounded in my head and start planning a little bit. Mm -hmm. So and work together on yeah. that. We've done some things like looking through the AEA, like they have different like little robotics kits and things like that and so we kind of worked together a little bit on there too trying to see just were any of those even worthwhile kind of things and i mean you went to the itech conference and i sent you with a list of questions yes. for the new line tv <laughs> i was like oh justin's gonna be there i'm gonna send him my questions cornered so him for a solid half hour and then talked to him about that and then when i came back you and i during like one of my plane mm -hmm. periods we sat and we tried to apply all the stuff and see if it worked yeah. and tried to record things off our TV and tested out different microphones to see if they were compatible. So mm -hmm. trying out some of those different collaborative tools that hopefully people can use in the future. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe there'll be something big on the horizon that we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. We're uh, trying to implement those new lines. All right. Well, now the fun questions. Uh, do you eat school lunch? If so, what's your favorite school lunch? Chili Crispitos, obviously. So Number I could have one. answered that for her. <laughs> she loves Chili Crispito Day. I had no idea what a Crispito was until she started working here and got them. And now we buy them at Fairway, <laughs> who mm -hmm. also sells Crispitos. And now they're like a part of our family. Like they're in the rotation. Like we, they're in the yeah. dinner rotation because you love them so much. I do. Yeah, and I do. Justin does not eat school lunch. He's the most frugal man you will find when it comes to lunches. Because it's so too expensive to eat school lunch. No, I'm just I'm just more boring. Like I just bring like a granola bar yes. and like some carrots, carrots and some more like a fruit. That's my lunch. It's it's super mm -hmm. boring. I'm just plain because I just want to. I'll be honest, like I'm very utilitarian of like, I just want to eat it, get done and get back to like doing stuff. So, get get back to your podcast. I get back to listening to, to podcasts. That's, I mean, that time of, <laughs> of chewing and going through the lunch line, I could fit in at like 1.5 speed. I can fit in. It's all five minutes of a podcast during that. Find out a good waiver wire pickup for the next week. So, Well, I have told a couple groups this, um, but my favorite thing is actually the mm -hmm. breakfast. On Tuesdays, they have here at the high school, they have breakfast sandwiches. Oh, nice. um, it's uh, sausage, egg, and cheese on a whole wheat uh, English muffin. Mm. English muffin is not the greatest, but the sandwich itself is pretty good. So. <laughs> Our it son loves breakfast bites at the elementary. I don't know if that's mm. similar. Mm. When it's breakfast that was bites, today. he's a big, it's, it was today mm -hmm. for lunch as a time of recording. So <laughs> he, uh, he's, big, he's a big mm -hmm. fan of breakfast bites. Well, good. Awesome. What was your dream, dream job as a child? It's, these are the quick, fun ones. Well, you think. I'll say marine biologist and then a 3D animator. Oh. But neither of those things fun. happen. <laughs> but that's all right. You still look confused. I'm honestly thinking... I don't know. Well, and you honest. bounced around a lot, even like in college. Yes, even going, going into majors. college, I switched majors quite a few times. I was very not sure exactly what I wanted to do. So I, one thing I've always liked doing uh, is doing like listening to like movie reviews. And I like to watch movies a lot. So I probably would have said something like a movie critic mm -hmm. or like a book critic. I've always been a big reader as well. So probably one of those two. Cool. What's the best movie you've seen recently? Um, well, 
recently I saw The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Hunger Games movie. I enjoyed that. thought it was a really good adaptation. Probably the best movie I've seen this year. That I Captain pro- Underpants. <laughs> my son. Oh, my goodness. He has we have to watch so the Captain times. Underpants movie so much on Netflix. <laughs> so much. I would probably say my favorite movie I've seen this year would be either Barbie or Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I really like both those. Thought they were both really solid. Barbie was probably just so surprising. It was was not what I expected it to be. And it was so much funnier than I expected it to be. I'd probably go with that. That it was was surprising and really good. It It was great. It was good. Like in our theater, we had like one of the best theaters. I thought people were like laughing, especially at my favorite part about the 1995 Pride and Prejudice BBC version. It was quite fantastic. I might have tears in my eyes at that point. She was literally crying. with laughter because she watches the 1995 Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice at least once a year, if oh, not more, more, probably four or five. And so the fact that they had a Six specific joke about a depressed person watching a BBC <laughs> miniseries from the 90s in like the biggest movie of the year, it was like a joke that was like specifically aimed directly Gerwin, at her heart. <laughs> you two would be best friends. Yeah, I have a besties. If you listen to this, Greta, please <laughs> get in touch with Emily. Greta. Reach out, emily.young at yes, northfolk.org. Exactly. You guys would be best friends. All right. Uh, what is a unique talent or skill that you have that many others don't know about? Don't know about. Like juggling, unicycle riding. That's setting the bar really high right there. (laughs) I have a like stupidly encyclopedic knowledge of like football things. And it's so dumb. Like it's, there's so much brain space being taken up by things like what, like naming the quarterback of every team and like what college they went to and Mm -hmm. all these things that I know about football that just in the grand scheme of life, just not the greatest. Well, I, I spend some of my time every day. My son James and I, who's in your mm-hmm. class, we do the Daily Dozen trivia, and there's always an NFL question in the top corner. Oh, let's so see if you know it. See. Today's oh, question wow. is, after starting for a year in place of an injured Tom Brady in New England, Matt Castle spent four seasons as the starting quarterback of what AFC team from 2009 to 2012? Kansas City Chiefs. Correct. He made $40 million off that one 11-5 season. And they didn't even make the playoffs that year. They, they, they're they like one of the only 11-5 teams that never that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. I remember that. So there you go. Weird, <laughs> stupid encyclopedics. Okay. Emily? I don't know. I whistle, I guess. That's what I do. I can, can I throw one out know for that. you? Yeah, throw one out for me. You, you are you. like super into like baking and like. But people know that, though. I guess, but people know they whistle because I probably annoy them with whistling. It's probably is there a go-to song or is it part of your world as well? <laughs> I mean, there's some Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe you could whistle, do a bunch of different things. But no, my cousin, she actually, she was at the whistling competition at the state fair and got second place a few years ago. I told Justin, one of my like secret life goals is to try to enter as many state fair competitions by the time I'm like 100 and see how many I can go in. And I want to go into the whistling competition. I've done the photography one. Our son did a Lego competition this year. We're trying to figure out what Justin can do possibly too to get a ribbon or something. But that would be amazing. Surprisingly, the state fair does not award ribbons for stupid NFL. (laughs) That should be a category. Useful NFL knowledge. I was just going to say photography would be another one for you. I mean, you're you're an award-winning photographer. I know, I know. But people know that. 
So the question through me. Notice I just keep <laughs> trying to tell her. Well, and, she is. And, and, and here's here's the thing about just look how nice he's being too. He's listed off all these nice things. It's it's nice. I enjoy it. It's adorable. Let's just say so that. adorable. <laughs> okay, two more. What has been the most memorable moment of the school year so far? We're almost wrapping up semester one. I know you guys are in like with each other. Or um, just in it's general. in general. Okay. With, no, with what's the your most favorite highlight? Whether it be student project with each other, um, something that sticks out. I would say. I mean, last week was pretty fun. We wrapped up our No Shave November fundraiser, and this year we did it for the Children's Cancer Connection, which is based out of Johnston. This year was funny though because we ran it differently. Whereas just the person who got the highest money basically had to do the weird stuff with their beard and get an extreme beard makeover. And it for like the two first two weeks where we ran this thing, like not very many contributed. It was just like you know hanging out there, and then Mr. Willie kind of got really announced to everybody that like his wife really didn't want him to have to shave his beard. He had a magnificent beard. He has a magnificent beard. And that, I mean, you tell people you don't want to get yours. You're going to have people come after you. And our sixth grade literacy teacher basically gave a speech to his kids saying, we all must attack Mr. Willie and put money in for Mr. Willie. And so it was pretty funny because then they were all like dumping money in. You could block with like dollar bills and all this kind of stuff. And so we ended up raising well beyond our goal of $200. And it was just really fun though too. Like people made posters, had them up all over the school. And now there's a um, election campaign poster to get Mr. Larson voted number one for next year to make him lose his beard. And so it was pretty funny. And then ultimately, Mr. Leach was the one who got it, which our slogan was last year, last beard for him. So um, you couldn't have picked a better person to get it there at the end. So that was great. I saw the Free Willy posters. Uh, those are magn- The best thing is Mrs. Taylor made these Free Willy posters for those of you listening. So as the epic movie of the 90s, Free Willy, it was the picture of the orca with Mr. Willy's head imposed on the orca's head. And she showed this to her students and they had no clue what it was referencing, which was quite sad. <laughs> it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. All right. Speaking of movies and uh, you being a movie buff, the last question here is, if there was a movie made about you, who would you want to play you Robbie in the Gould. film? Robbie Gould. It's not an actor. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie Gould. can do everything. Former Penn, he looks kind of like you. Former Penn State player, though. Um, I grew up a Penn State football fan oh, be, because my dad graduated from Penn State. So There you go. Robbie Gould. It's like... What is that game? The seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You have like three, two degrees to Robbie Gould. Yeah. That's impressive yeah. right there. That's, I'm going to measure everything in degrees to Robbie Gould. All right. Who would it be you, Justin? Why am I? There's not that many short, balding actors. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know the honest truth of the, ones, the name no. that popped into my head first where it's like, He's way older than me. That doesn't make sense. But no. he's like short. He's kind Are of bald. you just Danny DeVito? I hope No. <laughs> the fact that you said that. That's shame the only one that came to my mind. You. That matched those adjectives. Those Legitimately, the first thing that you. popped in my head is like Paul Giamatti. No, no, no. But then no. I'm like, am I not giving myself enough credit? All all honors to Mr. Giamatti. But like, he's way older than me. But I was just You know to, like, who you're kind of like? I mean, he's tall and you're shorter. But that guy who, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the sergeant's like husband, was his name, that actor. And he was on The Good Place, too. Like that. He was like the supreme, like, name. 
he was the bad guy. On the I know movie. who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he's like blonde, but he's like bald in the back. But he's really funny, and like you'd be, he'd be good for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I mean, that's kind of the first name that popped in my head. I feel like I can do better. There's got to be someone. You more can my do age. better. <laughs> there's got to be someone more my age. I don't know. There's anyone who's not a '50s or '60s curmudgeon. I'm gonna throw it out there. Ryan Gosling. He could play you. <laughs> wow. Ken I himself wish. will will play you. I'm Knuff. You are Knuff, Justin. That's a good way to end. You are. All right. Knuff. Well, I'm thinking. We've we've debated <laughs> mine. What about you? That's a good question. You know what? A weird thing is a lot of people tell me that I look like someone who they know. I think I have a very average look and face that a lot of people tend to think that I look like other people. Um, I don't know. Well, I told you one of mine. I told you who I thought. Ryan Gosling for you. So who do you think for me? That's I was thinking someone who's got a little bit kind of reddish tinted hair. They're funny. They're charming. I was thinking Emma Stone. Oh, oh, yeah. You can sing. She can sing. <laughs> well, you were saying the British thing, too. I was thinking maybe Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. I, you know, I would take Mary <laughs> Poppins in a heartbeat. Amazing Mary Poppins. Yes, I'll take Emily Blunt. That would be great, too. And Emma Stone. They're good ones. I'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you two? Would you have anybody play you? Uh We've talked about this before. I've heard, actually, when I was younger growing up, people said that I kind of looked like Fred Savage when I was oh, younger. Yeah. I can see them. And so mm-hmm. Fred Savage is always one, but, I mean, being a little older now and always having the, fa- the kind of the scruffage, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is kind oh, of, yeah. I mm-hmm. would hope maybe would play me in a movie. He doesn't look like me, but Hugh Jackman, jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have a very Wolverine vibe. There you go. I appreciate At it. any moment, you could just go into a rage. <laughs> That's a big show choir person, right? He, he can sing too. He yeah. is. He's he is really good. good. You know what? I, I thought of someone for me, Charlie Day. Charlie Day would be fun. Yeah. I, do, I do like It's Always Sunny mm-hmm. in Philadelphia and some of the things like that. Like kind of that manic energy. If I'm yeah. really wired up, I can be like that. You could be. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're okay. When mm-hmm. we were planning this, I I called this the Forever Young podcast. Uh, of course you did. As we named. Of it. course you did. So <laughs> just makes sense. I mean, if it's right there, you got to take it. Well, I, I'm assuming you guys hear that frequently. So was it yes. at the wedding? I don't think we did play it at the wedding. So. We, they, yeah, they didn't play that one at the wedding. No. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and, and share a little bit and certainly appreciate all you do for our students and staff here at North Polk. And um, we, we can't uh, thank you enough. So, All right. Well, thank, thank you, Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks. definitely. Go Comets. Go Comets. <laughs>